Welcome to Miami Creators. I am your host, Corrado. I am a photographer here in beautiful Miami, Florida, and each week I bring you the inspiring stories behind Miami's most influential businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs, and more. On this episode, we are joined by the one and only Lucy Lopez from Power96. Since joining Power96 in 2001, she has become one of the most recognizable and accomplished names in Miami radio, having interviewed everyone from Kanye West to Pitbull to Iggy Azalea and many others. And that is just the tip of the iceberg with Lucy. As you'll soon see, Lucy is truly a force to be reckoned with. Her influence spreads far beyond just radio. On today's episode, you'll hear the surprising story of how calling to confront previous Power 96 hosts on the air to defend Hialeah girls led to her working at Power 96, what her first day on air was like, and all the ways she has evolved since then, and so much more. So, without further ado, please enjoy this fun, energetic, and insightful conversation with Lucy Lopez. Lucy, welcome to the show. Hi, Corrado. Thanks for having me. (laughs) First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your crazy schedule to to do this. Thank you so much. The world. Thanks for having me. Um, Only because we're both fans of John Morales (laughs) and my doing this. Whatever John Morales tells me to do, I'm going to do. Yes. Yeah. That I, I owe him so much for doing that. Board up the windows. You got it. <laughs> don't board up the windows, but there's a category six. Trust me. Don't board up your windows. Okay. It's going to turn. Yeah. It's going to turn. Be on a podcast with a guy you've never met. Yes, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you, John. Thank you, John. <laughs> it's no secret that Power 96 is, you know, I, I grew up in Miami. Anybody that grows up in Miami, you're raised on Power 96. For sure. There may be a hundred other stations in Miami, mm-hmm. but Which none, there of are. Them, none of them feel as Miami mm-hmm. as as Power 96 does. I love does that make sense? That. No, yeah, it does. <laughs> I don't mean to sound cocky, but it is what it is. You know, even if I weren't part of the Power 96 family, which I'm really blessed to be, this is a, a heritage radio station. This The roots run very deep for Power 96, not just the, you know, the many talents that have been born here, um, but our listeners. This is a, a very, um, you know, homegrown radio station yeah. with uh, lots of wattage. I mean, I don't, I don't even remember growing up another station showing up to my pep rally or anything. Right. It was always Power 96. Yeah, right? we pride ourselves in reaching out to the community. And I mean, that's that's our thing. We we live here. We work here. We're, we're part of the city from the moment, you know, you enter middle school. Hopefully we'll DJ one of your middle school dances. Uh, hopefully <laughs> one of our DJs DJs your wedding, like a Zog will show up and DJ your wedding. And I mean, we're just part of the lifestyle. We're we're more so a lifestyle radio station than anything else. And I think because we've been like that since inception, we're as successful as we are. Is that what you think makes Power 96 so unique and cap- being be able to capture... Miami's essence so well I think we've been real with our audience since day one I think first it's we're real there's nothing fake about us whereas Miami as it gets as South Florida as it gets you know um and yeah we're just I guess yeah we're the we're the soundtrack to South Florida so what's a typical day like for Lucy it's you know I'm a mother so I wake up every day at 3 a.m my call time is at 3 a.m Wow. Yeah. And I take like 20 minutes to kind of just like I stare into space to kind of like wake up. Uh, I get ready, uh, have a cafecito and I come to work. I'm usually like sitting in that chair anywhere between 5 and 5.15. 
and it's constant creativity from the moment I get here till the moment I go to sleep. Um, because this job, you just can't like stop when you're mm. off air. You can. There's days where I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Please, right? Give me a break. Um, and but I love what I do so much that I'm guilty of bringing work home. You know, and I, I think you could hear that on the radio too. You know, I hope I hope people hear it. Right. I well, because it's, there's so many so many things happening that Power 96 is a part of, and you're mm. like um, like the face of Power 96. So it's like anything that's happening, it, you're almost. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always there. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's flattering, you know, because I mean, just the fact that, you know, you just said like the face, I think that we have many faces to our radio station. It's, it's me, it's DJ Zog, it's Evie who does afternoon, it's DJ Def, um, Miho, who's our director who does middays. And all of us are a different face of the brand. Right. But I think it's really important that uh, people understand that there's a female face behind such a giant brand like power 96 and it's always very humbling yeah very humbling you know i'm just highly a kid who really worked hard at getting where i am today yeah so i heard a story of mm -hmm. you can maybe even confirm or deny sure. this but sure, i heard ahead. that one of the ways that you one of the things that led to you starting working at power 96 was actually you calling in mm -hmm. At some point back in like 2001 or something like that? So 2001, somebody, I heard these kids, these guys doing a break on Power 96, just bashing Hialeah girls. And I called in because I just, I remember, I never used to call into radio stations. I was never, even when I was growing up, we would listen to Bo at Night, um, the great Bo Griffin. And that was like the coolest. And, you know, to hear like DJ Laz, you know, mix those incredible mixes, which he's mm -hmm. notorious for. And uh, growing up in like the 90s, that was like the shit, yeah. you know? And I was on my way to my job. I worked at Whammy on Miami. I was a, one of the writers. Okay. And I heard these guys just ripping on Hialeah girls. And I called up and I just kept like just one line after the other, after the other, after the other. And that's always been like my personality. Like I've always cut up in class, you know, but not rude. Just, I always had an answer for everything. Right. And they would just come at me with one line. And then I would just come at them like, I'm like, why are you guys dissing Hialeah girls? If it weren't for them, we, you guys wouldn't be able to pay the light bill. <laughs> yeah. And unbeknownst to me, the program director at the time heard the entire thing on the radio. And then they were like, get her number, get her number. And they got my number. And then when they saw my resume and I wasn't just some like schlep off the street, they were like, oh, wow. wait a minute. You're like smart and all that. And so, so when was the first time that you went on air? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember like it was yesterday. I got heckled. I got prank called. People were like, get that chonga off the radio. Um, and I remember at first being very... When was this, by the way? Uh, this was 2001, like around the summertime. Okay. And I remember being heckled, being, you know, just, you know, you had to pick up the phone lines and, you know, they were just like, get that chonga off the radio, that Hialeah chonga, get her off the radio. Her voice is so annoying and da da da. And I remember being very hurt because I didn't think I had an accent. I didn't think I sounded like a Hialeah Chonga. I just, I genuinely didn't think that about myself. You know, I went to Pace High School. I went to Miami Dade. I was well-read. I, right. um, a lot of people don't know this. I'm a film major. And I was just like, how is it possible that my own city is turning against me when they're calling me and they sound just like me? Right. And then I kind of uh, used that as a, like a cape, like a superhero cape. 
And then I was like, oh, you think I'm a chonga? Wait a minute. I'm going to give you chonga all day now. <laughs> I will be the best chonga in the world. Right. And it's, you don't realize your worth at, in your 20s. You know, and I was, I had just turned 20 years old. And I remember just being like, oh my God, this is awesome. I'm going to be an exaggerated version of myself from now on. Mm. And I just really created this Lucy Lopez character off of, you know, the hate. And back then it wasn't like trolling where it was a comment or somebody. These are people who would take physical time out of their schedule right. to call you, to right. call you <laughs> and rip into wow. your life. Yeah, that so was wild. Back, so let me backtrack for a second. Right <laughs> before you turn on the mic that you're going to speak. My knees started shaking time, yeah. and I went over. There was a giant garbage can in the studio. Like, a, like a, you know, those garbage cans that your, your abuelo or your grandma are having their patio, you know, they matas. And then yeah. like when a bulk pickup comes up, yeah. they take it out. That And I yacked. I threw up. Wow. When I get nervous, it I get it's physical for me. And like, I just threw up and I went on the radio and I did my first break. It, will, it was over 32 seconds of Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Wow. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I remember saying, I remember a little bit of the break. I do remember saying, uh, Christina Aguilera, um, she's no Tetica Spears, but she's someone, guys. Give her a break. Wow. And I remember this guy calling me. He was like, I can't believe they're allowing a chonga from Hialeah say Teticas on the radio. And I'm like, Ay, viejo, la boca, bro. And I recorded that and I played it back. And I remember my PD, just keep doing it. Go, run. Right. Like started off doing 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And then I would go home, literally take a nap, go to my day job. And I did that for like about six months. And after six months, we had a staff meeting and they invited me to the staff meeting because, uh, you know, I was doing part time now at Power 96. And when my boss saw me and he saw how skinny I was, he was like, what's wrong? Are you sick? I'm like, no, I just don't have like, I'm like, I don't stop working. He was like, no, we can't have that. And then he made me quit my other job and hired me like almost like an, an office assistant so I can get the hours just enough to be full time. Wow. And then after ratings came out and all that, um, they made a real big switch. And then, you know, I landed uh, the nights after two months of being on air. Wow. And that was a really big deal. At the time in radio, that was massive. Female lead, nights, it hadn't happened since Bo. And I was, well, I am Cuban-American. So I was like, the demo, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was insane <sighs> Wow. to be in your 20s and have a full-time job on yeah. Power 96. And so now, what, 20, about yeah. close to 20 years, mm -hmm. if not more, you've literally interviewed... A lot of people. A lot of people. All yeah. the icons from Pitbull yeah. to yeah. Mario to Iglesias to you name mm -hmm. it. You've probably interviewed them. So yeah. something that I was wondering is, how do you approach those interviews? How do you prepare? Or I really try not to take any of it seriously. Like 100%. I don't think that our audience would stand for that. I don't want to... There's sometimes where I find myself kind of like in awe of the person I'm, I'm interviewing. And I'm like, wow, this, this person, I know all their music. I've seen all their videos. I've seen all their movies, whatever the case may be. Right. And sometimes you get caught up. And then if you do, you don't get what you want out of them, nor out of yourself as an interviewer, you know? But it, it's cool. It's like, I don't know. Like you just sit there and you kind of just 
as they're talking, there's moments where I'm already thinking of the next question I want to ask them and how I want to ask them. And within, I would say, 10, 15 seconds of me having a conversation with them, I can totally tell if they're going to be a D-bag or not. It's weird. I, I call it like la bruja in me, like the Hialeah Cuban bruja in me, <laughs> where it's like, you know, somebody when you're like, oh, esa persona tiene mala pulga or, oh, esa gente, hey, what? Esa muchachita buena gente. You can, I can, I have a crazy third eye when it comes to stuff like that. I could just tell. Right. Um, in real life, not so much. Like for real people, I'm a bit of a soqueta. But <laughs> for celebrities, it's really weird. I could tell right off the bat if we're going to get along or not. If I know we're not going to get along, I kind of keep the interview standard. So what are you promoting? If you ever hear me do an interview where I ask, so what's your social? What's That's because I know that they've checked out or that they don't want to be that's a trick. I mean, I think I just wow, gave it away. Okay. So if you ever see my interviews and I go straight for the, so what's your social? And it's because I can't stand the person. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Or, or it's either I can't stand them or they just aren't there. They're right. just checked out. They've probably done radios, station interviews like all day. And now I'm getting like los pedacitos right, left from yeah, exactly. the crumbs of or, the sandwich. But on the opposite side, if you feel like you're vibing, then that's when you just kind of let your mind go That's crazy. when I let, last one I ask everything, everything, wow. everything, everything. I just interviewed, the last interview I did was two days ago with Emilia Stefan. I've always wanted to sit down with a celebrity's child. Never like oh this celebrity's child but just a celebrity's child because I've always wondered am I gonna get like a celebrity vibe from this person or not and my first celebrity child was Emily Estefan and Emily Estefan was not just like super down to earth but she's everything that I think her parents are got it have you ever interviewed them no okay no one day I will one day I'll get to speak to Gloria and, and Emilio I'm such a fan of Gloria Stefan. I don't even think you understand. Like crazy. That, I mean, when you're talking about iconic. Sometimes people, I tweet her like... and she won't reply, but still. <laughs> I tweet her. How are you doing? Just want to see how she's doing. She's like my secret godmother. So I think you have the upper hand on this, but let's see who who ends up interviewing them first. You or me? Yes. Oh yeah. That'll be a challenge. I feel like you're gonna own me on that one, uh, but <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. I hope it's you, and then you can give me pointers on how to interview her. Yes. Tell me, don't ask her this. <laughs> awesome. So thinking back of all these people that you've interviewed, what what are some of the the ones that kind of stand out in your mind? Kanye West. Kanye West. Why? So Kanye West at that there was a uh, the I think I believe it was like the second time or the first time the end. TV VMAs were in Miami. Uh, Kanye West just dropped a uh, college dropout and um, he was going to perform Jesus Walks at the, at the VMAs. The day of the VMAs, I was on air from 10 to 2, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I get a call from my PD, Kanye's coming up to be interviewed. Now at this very stage of his celebrity and his artistic path it was well known that he would just get up and leave an interview. Like he was like, I'm not going to stay there. And very difficult and show up, not show up, give you a minute and be like, I'm out because I'm Kanye. And so the pressure's on. So they're like, Kanye's on his way. I'm like, what? It's like Kanye is on his way to be interviewed. And I go, okay, cool. I was shaking. I was like, oh my God, this guy's going to be a total dick. This is going to be the worst. Everything they've ever said about this Hialeah Chonga is right. I'm a fraud. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, what am I going to do? So Kanye West shows up. Um, it's me at the time we used to have something called uh, a position at a radio station called phone girls and these are the girls who just answer phones what do you want to listen to and kind of like help you throughout the show 
And they were there doing research for records, whatever. And I go, guys, Kanye West is on their way. And now these girls were like in high school. So they were like in pajamas. They're like, yeah, okay. I'm like, he's on his way. Just show him into the studio. Okay, fine. Kanye shows up. It's just him and his manager or whoever he was with. They walk in through the door. Uh, it's, it was like a double door. It was our old building on in Miami Gardens. They, he walks in and I'm, I'm literally shaking, like physically shaking. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up in this trash can like I did two years ago right here in front of everybody. Oh, and I was dressed like una playera. Here goes. It's a Miami inside on me. That was a Saturday morning. Everybody was going to South Beach that day because there were a bunch of South Beach parties for the VMAs. Right. So like, if you didn't go to the VMAs, who the fuck cares? You're going to go to all these parties. I was going to go to a party and I'm pretty sure Georgia Costa was DJing. So I was dressed in my space best. Of course. And I'm like, you know, with a strapless top, the jeans, you know, because first of all, there's nobody in the building. I would never dress like that if there were people right. in the building, but I was ready for the weekend. And I was like, all right, fine. So he walks in. He's wearing these giant Gucci sunglasses. He's wearing his Jesus chain. Um, classic college dropout Kanye West. And he comes up and I go, hi, Mr. West. And he goes, what? Because you can call me Kanye. I'm like, oh, hey, Kanye, nice to meet you. And I shook his hand. And I go, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. And he was like, why? And I goes, everybody says you're difficult. And if you're going to be difficult to me, you're going to kill me on, on my own show. So just don't be difficult. <laughs> Now, if you know me personally, you know this is how I am. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I will talk like this to Kanye and I will talk like this to you. And he was like, oh man, don't say that, sweetie. I, I would never, you know, he was being like really sweet with me, very whatever. And we start talking about his album live on the radio. Usually I like to record like we're doing now, record interviews. For this particular moment, I'm like, we're going live. I don't know what came over me. I was like, we're going live with Kanye West. So I get on the radio and we start talking about his album. And I go, Kanye, when you rap this, 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 this in this song, what did you mean by that? And he goes, oh, you mean this? And he starts rapping live on the radio. And I go, oh, that's what you meant? He goes, yeah, that's what I meant. And I go, what about this song? And he goes, do you want me to rap the album for you? And I just like go, yeah, why not? And I hit play on instrumentals. And Kanye West rapped around six of the songs off his college dropout album live on the radio. Wow. And at that time, like you could not get any celebrity news, like obviously on the internet, like that shit didn't exist. And I remember one of my phone girls going, he's, he's his fiance. It's today's her birthday. Why don't you bring that up? Maybe that'll be like a, an icebreaker. So halfway through this, I go, hey, isn't it your, your girlfriend's birthday? He's like, yeah, you know what? She's listening to me right now. She's at the hotel. And I go, wish her happy birthday. So he starts talking about her and wishing her a happy birthday and all this. I'm looking over the hotline, not the lines of the listeners call on the hotline where your boss calls you. I'm being hotline by my boss. I pick up the phone. My phone girl picks up. She comes and she's like, they're saying to stop, to go to commercials, to go to commercials because we've been rapping live on the radio. He's been doing like pretty much a show for like maybe 20 minutes and I haven't gone to commercials yet. And if you know anything about radio, everything is commercials. And I go, I pick up the hotline and he goes, Lopez. This kid crazy. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? And I go, I'm talking to Kanye. Bye. And I hung up on him. <laughs> And Kanye goes, is that your boss? And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh man, you're fucking wild. And I go, no, Kanye West is in the studio. And wow. to me, that was my way of showing my director that A, trust me, and B, you know, getting something out of an artist that at the time was shrouded with so much like negativity and so much like, 
Well, I mean, when is he never, when is he not? Right. That's what I was going to say. But at that time it was really bad. You know what I mean? And, and he just showed a completely different side of himself to me. And I remember him saying on the radio, this is the first time I've ever done this. This is the dopest. And And I said, Oh, thank you. And then when he left, we were all screaming. It was like me and like five girls, my coworker, Shadia, Chichi, and we're jumping up and down and screaming. Some of them were like crying. Like we were just like, we couldn't believe we just pulled this off. Just a mm-hmm. bunch of girls with Kanye West in the studio singing to his songs. That's awesome. And I think that for me was like one of the coolest moments of my career. Looking back, so going back to the moment when you're like puking right before you go on sure. air to where you are today. Yeah. What do you think are some of the biggest what are some of the biggest differences in from that Lucy Lopez to today? How have you evolved? What are I have some children. Of- <laughs> Which um, you play? I think my, my skin has, has gotten a little more thicker than it was before. I got thrown into the fire a lot at a very young age. And I had no one to guide me through those moments of career, I guess, uh, heights, you know, like those real big moments in my career with whether it was ratings or promotion or whatever it was. I didn't have like a female broadcaster that like took me under their wing and taught me, this is how you do this. This is how you negotiate for more money. Mm. This is how you treat. I didn't have that. And a lot of my, the people that I look up to now, it's like such a wide range of influencers and broadcasters anyone from you know Alin Martinez uh Roxanne Vargas from Channel 6 like I even though she's younger than me like I consider her a mentor and I've really done a really great job to clinging on to people that uplift me and I uplift them and I think like when I first started out at Power 96, I was so like, I didn't want to mess up this opportunity because Hialeah kids don't get those kind of opportunities all the time. And we're constantly being kind of, you know, pigeon held in, in like, this is what a Hialeah girl is supposed to be. This is what a Hialeah boy is supposed to be. This is what a Hialeah family is supposed to look like. Right. And those stereotypes, although they're funny and yeah, some of them are true. I think it, it destroys us rather than helping us evolve. And in my twenties, I was so scared that I just did a lot of yes. Yep. mm -hmm, Okay. You got it. And I was very yes to everything as opposed to now where I'm, I think more, I think through things a little more and I weigh my options. And is this opportunity going to help me? Will this interview uh, benefit me and the listener? Am I the right person? for this interview um i've had that's a very good question i've had several people come thank you come through the door and lucy can you interview and i'm like i don't think that person is right for me and i'm talking about real heavy hitters in music but i just don't think that they would fit me and i don't think i would bring the right energy to the interview as well right and the self-awareness part of me is uh very much there as opposed to when I was like 20, you know, like I, I've grown up, you know what I mean? And I've grown up in the ears, not in the eyes of South Florida. And I kept a lot of things secret that I wish I never kept secret. You know what I mean? I think there were a lot of life moments that I went through that I feel that if I would have shared it with my audience, I would have had more connections with them. Like what? Um, like being pregnant, you know, when your director's looking at you 
not the one that I have now, I'm looking at you like, you're not going to talk about that pregnancy on the radio, are you? And those are things that luckily now don't exist, you know? And I wish I would have talked about those moments of my life or, you know, when they found a tumor in, in my parotid gland and I went through that and nobody knew I went through that. Wow. And I think those are life experiences that added a, a layer of humanity to you as a personality that allows the listener to really connect with you. And I really didn't start doing that, believe it or not, till like maybe four years ago where I was comfortable with who I am. Listen, I'm a wife. I'm mom. Uh, you know, um, I'm very uh, spiritual. Um, I'm not afraid anymore to talk about those things. And I think that just goes to you know a lot of it has to do with the current direction of power 96 where it's encouraged it's nothing to be ashamed of and the audience evolves and you have to evolve with the audience if not you're stuck in 1993 and who it, wants that and kind of like what you're saying it makes you relatable because if you're ha if you're dealing with this right chances are thousands and tens of thousands of listeners are also dealing with it so immediately they have this this connection right. that just deepens the relationship. One, you know, and this is like a silly example, but just so you understand, I'll further understand where I'm coming from. Like during the holidays, all of November and most of December, I was complaining and not complaining about, it was going to be the first time ever that I was going to host Noche Buena at my house. I come from a very large Cuban family. My mom is the youngest of 13. So I'm like the 33rd grandkid on my mom's side. All my best friends are my cousins. I have I have cu first cousins that I call tia and tío because they're so much older than me. Right. So everybody knows I have a big Cuban family. Like just we were talking about it and, and Zog would ask me, he was like, so are you really going to go through with it? I'm like, I'm going to have to, but I need to tell these people that this is not a, some regular Cuban ass party where you could leave at two in the morning. I have kids who are expecting <laughs> Santa Claus. And I talked about it so much on air, but not, not like pushing it down everybody's throat, but kind of, going through the holiday emotions that all of us as Miamians go through where, the, you know, and anybody who's, who's not Hispanic, you could be black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. You're going to relate to my frustrations that I've taken this on, on purpose. And now I have to go meme la papa. So. You're like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I am not kidding you. Two weeks. We were out for two weeks, luckily. Um, Cause Zog and I don't get a break until July. Okay. So we've been on since January and we won't take off till July and then we do the same thing until December so we get back on air first week of January and the amount of people who were reaching out to us Lucy how did Noche Buena go now Noche Buena is on the 24th we were back on air on the January 6th wow our listeners really wanted to know and I had to post pictures and show everybody what was going on my aunt trying to make out with Santa Claus on my couch <laughs> like you know and and us changing things up like I was saying oh no I'm doing new traditions it's, it's gonna be called a disco Christmas everybody showed up to my house dressed like in disco gear um, instead of doing a roi frijoli yuca frita and all that shit I was like no we're only doing panko lechon and we literally just had and people were like did you really just do panko like, I swear to god I only did panko lechon and just that little moment I, I touched somebody's nerve I related to somebody in the audience they remembered that they came back to me in January it was that that was one of those moments where like alright this is cool this is happening right now so if if we can go a little deeper into that topic of kind of sharing about yourself obviously you, you're Lucy Lopez the entertainer and like <laughs> people are expecting you to you know they tune in to wake up and be happy and yeah. all this stuff yeah but at the end of the day you're a wife you're a mom, 
Daughter. Life <laughs> is just crazy. You're going to yeah. have off days. You're going to have days where mm-hmm. you just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. But it's your job. Yeah. How do you how do you approach that? And I've always wondered the same thing. Like you look at, a, I don't know, a Jay Leno or, or a Jimmy Fallon, like mm-hmm. their job is to come Entertain. out, perform, right. regardless of what's happening. So how do you personally deal with that? It's tough. There are days where I'm like, I don't want to do anything. And those are very rare. Uh, you can tell by the w- what I wear to work. If I want to be here or not, I have, uh, there's like a joke when they see me in sweatpants, everybody freaks out. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> um, I'm very Cuban in that sense. And that's the only word that I can describe to use to describe it. Because I think that as a Cuban American, like we have a certain work ethic. And that's been instilled in me. So I just, I just feel like it's like part of me. Um, it's my purpose here. I really feel that everybody has a purpose on earth. And my purpose is to bring smile, like a smile to somebody every morning. And that's all I want to do. I want to be able to make people laugh. I want people to be able to like, oh shit, that was funny what she said. That's my goal. And there are days where I'm just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to laugh. I, you know, and I, I went through something real heavy a few years ago when my brother passed away. So my brother's funeral was on a Monday and on Wednesday morning, I was back on air like nothing. Now, what you guys didn't see was me doing a break, super happy. The microphones would turn off and I would just break down crying. And it affected me in the best way possible because it just brought me closer to God. And I realized that my purpose here is to help others who are probably going through that without a microphone in their face and Mm. to show them you could do this, you could do this, you know? And I did through my faith. And so my, my faith carries me through the tough days. He always does, always there, you know? Um, I meditate. I don't know if that, if that counts, but I, I do meditate every day for 20 minutes. Okay. And that's really helpful because it's a very busy job that I have and I'm very creative and I really need to sometimes turn it off because it, it really affects me. You're typically meditating in the morning or in the night? I meditate between 3.30 and 4 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday, except the weekends because I'm with my kids. And that to me is therapy in itself. As crazy as they are, loud, jumping off of couches, playing how to go seek, playing Barbies, I went on a little come over whenever they want, like all that. Like, There's no option but to disconnect when you're with your kids. Like, I, they I don't, force you like, to. It doesn't <laughs> exist to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'll even like, we'll be at Target and somebody will just stare at me and I have no idea why they're staring at me. And then they do the, they point at me. And I go, yes, hi, how are you? And I keep, I, I sometimes the hi, Aaliyah comes on, I'm like, what? And then you're like, oh, that's oh, right. That's a, I'm, I'm sorry. Hi, because you know I'm in sweats. Exactly. My hair is up in a messy bun, and I've got two muchachos moquera walking through Target, buscando leche. Right. You know. So yeah. you mentioned your faith and all that. Are there? This is something that I always like to ask people. Are there any quotes or maybe verses or anything that you think of often that you try to live by? I don't think there's Bible verses, but in my culture. All of dicho, right? Okay, like, so there's plenty of dichos <laughs> in my life and the number one dicho is lo que está patinado te lo quita. And I truly believe in that. And, you know, my, my mom, when I was very young, uh, about 10 years old, I graduated high school when I was 16. So my mom was very careful because I was just like super smart, but I was una delincuente. I wasn't stealing cars or anything like that. I was just wild. I was a wild kid. Like my mom would show up and there would be like, 
people at the house and she'd be like, yeah, son? And I go, mom, we're going to graffiti the bathroom. And she was like, ¿Qué baño tú vas a graffiti, Lucia? <laughs> like, oh, it's art, mom. Mommy, es arte. Deja que te va a salir bonito. And my mom would be like, está bien. And she would like, let me do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Or wow, create short mm-hmm. films in the backyard and... I was that kid. I was very creative, but I was just like wild. I was like a wild kid. You know, I grew up like skateboarding on 103rd. We used to build ramps in the parking lot of Home Depot and like they would kick us out. Get out of here. And we like show up with ramps, put them together and leave. And it was wild. But um, (sighs) movies have an impact on me. Like phrases from movies, um, like The Godfather. There's a scene between... um, What's the guy's name? The conciliary. Yeah. Uh, Robert Duvall. Yeah. And he goes up to the guy and he goes, uh, he goes, for all time's sake. And he goes, can't do it, Sally. Some shit like that, he says. And that little moment in that in there uh, shows restraint. Shows that not everything is going to go your way. And uh, loyalty is everything. Um, what else? Dichos, dichos. All of them are dirty. I'm not going to say them. <laughs> That's fine. We, 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 oh, you know what I always say? It's so horrible. I always say, eso más viejo que cagar a chao. You see what I mean? Or eso, eso ni lo brinco con chivo. I say that all the time too. I say like <laughs> super cubanasa. Yeah. Like old lady. You catch yourself got, and you're like, oh my God, I am that that lady now. <laughs> such, a, such a vieja. You have no idea. What, what are some of those things that you feel most defined you or shaped who you are? Either moments or people that heavily impacted your life. So I was raised by my grandmother. We all lived in the same house. It wasn't like I didn't know who my mom was. But I didn't realize she was my mom till I was nine. I thought she was my older sister and then my dad was her husband. Okay. Um, Because I called her by her nickname is Nana. And I would call my dad Tony. And I still call my dad Tony. Um, My grandmother would call her Mama and my grandfather Papa. So because everybody else called them that. Right. Okay. Um, My grandparents lived in an efficiency in our house in Hialeah. My grandmother raised me hard. Um, I like knew how to shoot up my grandmother with insulin when I was 12. I was a nurse, like for real with her. Um, I would go to school, come home while most of my friends were like skipping to go to the beach. If I could skip, it was to go take care of my grandmother. There was a time in my grandmother's life where we had to decide, okay, you know, she was getting, and my mom was like, I can't do it. We're going to need a nurse. I'm like, no, let me go to, let me go to college. This is when I was going to date. Let me go. Most kids, when they want to go to college, they'll take like the 10 a.m. classes. I was taking all the 8 a.m. classes and matándome so I could be home in time for merienda with my grandmother and I would take care of her. My grandmother was the most amazing woman that I've ever met to this day. And I've met a lot of people and nobody, and I know that's cheese. Oh, of course, everybody's grandmother's the best. And you're right. Everybody's grandmother's the best because there are some things that she knew about life that Google will never know. Um, What's something that stuck with you? One thing that, that comes to mind when you think about your grandmother? Always. She taught herself how to read and write. She left her husband for his nephew, my grandfather. Wow. And he, then he ended up adopting all his nieces and nephews as his own. And then they had six more together. I remember when I was seven years old, I wanted to learn how to read Spanish. So she goes, Empieza a leer esta revista. And she would give me Hola magazines. And I taught myself how to read in Spanish, write in Spanish. And it wasn't because I was taking a Spanish class in Palm Springs Middle. 
it was because my grandmother me dio la revista Hola y ahora vas a aprender y dale. And she taught me que you can make an empire out of a speck of sand. And I think, not I think, I know that's what I've done with my life. I took an opportunity that was given to me. You want to try this? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to house it. And I did. I mean, wow. it is what it is. I worked very, very, and I continue to work very hard on my craft. Mm. And if there's anything my grandmother taught me is a trabajar, a pinchar, porque aquí se tiene que hacer dinero. And she would say that as a joke, but there was so much more behind that. It yeah. wasn't about the money. It was about worth and showing people that you, you're more than just that kid, you know? So what's next for Lucy? What are you excited about? What do you have coming up? I want to write. I want to continue to write. I'm a writer. I want to write a show for Netflix and I want it to be about Cuban Americans. I think right now in media, Hispanics, either you look like this or you don't, or you're not Hispanic, mm. you know? And I'm not talking about blue eye people. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I, they have no idea that there's so many different kinds of us and so many different stories of us. And I, I want to tell those stories. I know that one day I'm going to have a shot and I'm going to make a lot of people surprised. And uh, I think the, the one person I'm going to surprise is going to be myself first. But that's my goal. I want to show people a side of our heritage and who we are as a culture that people don't know about. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> that's so something that we do on the show all the time is Miami Rapid Fire. Oh my God, how fun. All right, so just quick questions. First thing that comes to mind. Okay. Favorite food spot and dish in Miami for you? Oh my gosh. Favorite food food spot and dish? Yes. This is going to be, bro, people are going to roll their eyes when I say this. <laughs> are you sure you want me to say this? Yes. Okay. I love the croquetas at Finca. Okay. I know they're great at Canaria, but man, I love how Eileen cooks too. <laughs> and I can't even. I love Finca. Okay. Favorite way to spend a Miami weekend? Oh my God. If you don't have like some sort of Power 96 event that you have to go to or something like that. Like if I it's just you. try not to do anything on the weekends with Power 96 because it's just work. <laughs> oh my God, there's so much. There's so much to do here, you guys. Lately, can I say lately or has to be overall? Lately. Lately. Dude, can I just tell you, have you been to Cayo Ocho lately? Yes. Bro. Is it just me or like Winwood who? And I mean in the most respectful way possible. But my dude, like a Friday night, me and my husband, we'll go to Cayocho, we'll eat like um La Trova, we'll go have a drink at Bar Nancy, we'll end up at Santo, and it's all within a four block yeah. stretch, and you're in your element with your peeps. And it's like people who are from <laughs> Miami who are there and it's not extranjero and people taking pictures. Although well, if you go mural. during the day, you see all of the like tour buses and the yeah, Chinese yeah, people. But that's, like, <laughs> but that's different. That's I'm talking about like a Friday night, yeah. man. Like that to me, okay. I love that, dude. Right. I love it. Oh God, I love Cayo Ocho. Okay. I love it. Um, so, and like before we do, okay, so this is, this is the plan on Friday nights. All right. We'll go have a drink at La Cocina in Hialeah and we don't get too wasted. Because we, we Uber everywhere. If we don't get too wasted, we'll go. We'll end up at Cayocho. But if I've had too much to drink, I'll just go over to the deli and eat like the, the nachos there. And, and then soak go Soak up some alcohol. Soak <laughs> up and then go back and drink again. <laughs> but yeah, my nights usually start at La Cocina and then I just head on down to Cayocho. Okay. I love that. That to me is like the most Miami thing to do. And like that's at night. 
Should I tell you what I do during the day? Yeah. Like a Man, Saturday. What bro, are you doing? The best thing is get everybody together and go meet in front of Eden Rock. You know, a little stretch of Playa right there. Yeah. Like the most Miami stretch of Playa. Yeah. It's not 10th Street. Nah. Es el estrechito ese. Um, I think it's like 40th or 42nd or some shit. I think so. I, I don't know, but it's that little part where the big parking lot yeah. right next to Eden yeah, Rock. Yeah. That is my favorite beach spot in Miami. Favorite. Everybody is there. Okay. Everybody. And Come just on. spend a day at the beach. With my kids. Nice. All day after, after the sun goes down. I love it. I love, love, love our beach. I love Miami yeah. Beach. I love it. I won't eat there. Because <laughs> it'll be like $500. Like, what the fuck out of here? Nah, that's, that to me is perfect. If you're stuck in Miami traffic, uh-huh. what are you listening to? Oh my gosh. Are you tuning into Power 96 or what? Well, first of all, I work here all day. Of course. Um, I do tune in to see like if it's five o'clock in the afternoon, I listen to the traffic jam because DJ Def shuts that shit down. It's just amazing. Um, And I listen to podcasts. Okay. Yeah. Any podcasts in particular? Yours. Of course. Um, Yeah, yours. You have the the John Morales one on repeat probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a a fan of Howard Stern. Okay. Huge fan. Baba Booey for life. Um, I know like every character on his show I've been listening to him since I was 16 years old uh, it was me and my brother would love listening to that shit growing up we just like did you hear Howard this morning bah, 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 bah. I listen to like a lot of like Deepak Chopra okay and it really helps me let's see uh, if you <laughs> go ahead <laughs> this is gonna be a funny one sure, but sure. you know the Ron Burgundy podcast yes okay have you listened to the episode Meditation with Deepak Chopra oh my god no 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 listen I'll, is, I'll listen to it I haven't listened to it your stomach will hurt Will Ferrell on that is just... I listen to oh that. Oh, my God. And I, I, Will Ferrell is one of my favorite comedians, by the way. Favorite actor, the whole nine. I also listen to like a lot of um, comedian interviews. Uh, I love comedy. I love the art of stand-up. I did one set back in December. Hopefully, I'll hit the Miami Improv stage again in March. Nice. Uh, it's part of my writing process to get where I need to get. I'm constantly working. Like I just want to get better at my craft. Better and better. But... Yeah, I, I love listening to that. I'll listen to Mark Marin. Okay. I'm a big fan of his. A Conan. Okay. Love those interviews. I love how Conan interviews people. It's like my favorite. But I'm a bigger fan of Howard Stern interviews. Okay. Because I feel like I'm listening to my therapist. Yeah, he, he goes deep. He's excellent. Any shout outs or anything, um, any other people in Miami or companies or individuals that you think are doing amazing things that you want to show a little bit of love to? Yeah. Um, Educate Tomorrow. Follow them on the gram at Educate Tomorrow. What do they do? Um, Educate Tomorrow, it um, helps students within our community learn about uh, like how to handle business. You know, if they're interested in being entrepreneurs, yada, yada. Nice. Showering love underscore SoFlow, SFlow. These are all local non-for-profit organizations that I'm a fan of because I think that there's a lot of these organizations in our community that don't get the spotlight that they deserve. Uh, Showering Love is an organization that's created to restore dignity and hope to people experiencing homelessness with weekly showers. So they set up and they give them a shower. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, The GLBTQ Alliance of South Florida um, this is to help those who, you know, may not be sure who their sexuality, maybe they've been kicked out of their house. This is a great group to be part of. This is someone you should totally reach out to. That's at GLBTQ Alliance here in Florida. Um, the Beauty Initiative, Inc. 
uh, they're an organization who supplies feminine products to homeless women and uh, women who might be maybe like living at a shelter, but they need access to feminine product like, you know, tampons and underwear and shampoo and right. soap. Uh, these people put together packages and it's free wow. and all their stuff is donated. Um, and also a shout out to my church, Love Unlimited. Uh, I think what they're doing is really amazing. It's, they're set up right here in the middle of Little Havana. And um, most of their outreach is, literally feeding the homeless people here in South Florida. They set up shop once a week under a bridge here in 90, on 95 uh, near the downtown area. And we uh, clothes, we give them shoes and we feed them. Um, and if anybody is interested in that, this is, they do it once a month. You're not obligated to be part of our church. You can just show up and you volunteer. You can just show up and volunteer. We'll wow. give you a t-shirt nice. and you're with us. Um, and that's uh, Love Unlimited and uh, their outreach program is called God Loves Miami. And they are amazing people. They just turned one year old uh, last weekend. It's under the direction of Pastor Mark who is younger than us and what he's doing and how he's doing it is just amazing very cool and i know some people are like oh you're bubble a bible thumper it's not about that it's about just doing the right thing for yeah. the people that live in our city who are constantly being stepped over when you're on your way yeah. to a concert on Amer in american airlines <laughs> arena <laughs> yeah um and let me see what other shout out uh i all the women that are in broadcasting are absolutely warm inviting and inclusive and without those things, I would not be able to survive half of the stuff I go through every day here at the radio station. Uh, when you have a, such a great support group out of your element, it's it does wonders, not for not just for your self-esteem, but for your career as well. Right. You know, that I know that I can reach out to some of these women and ask for advice or and they're there to help me. That's that's important. Love you know? it. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share with the listeners that maybe I didn't touch on? I don't Any know. parting thoughts? Never give up sounds so lame but it's true uh if you have a dream for something don't be afraid to go after it be smart be nice um i know sometimes that when you're going after your dream you could get a little jaded and that's okay it's totally fine but you have to get over it eventually because yeah. uh that's just you blocking off blocking off energies that could help you get to where you need to be so open your heart and never forget where you come from never Never, 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 you know? I got people like Jenny Lee Molina, who's, you know, one of the baddest women in our city who puts together 305 Day. And um, she's uh, she is one of my dearest friends, and she inspires me, you know? She says I inspire her, but it's like, no, you inspire me. Because she what she does is is magic, you know? She puts everybody under the same roof and all colors and all cultures. And she's like, it's 305 Day. Come on, let's have let's have a party. I love that energy. I love people who are always like, yeah, let's do it. Love it. Because you need that. Because life, real life, it, it could be hard sometimes. Yeah. You know? What's the best way for people to connect with you, stay in the loop of what you've got going on? Is this your, what's your social media? Yeah. I don't like you. Yeah. This um, is it. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm really active on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not a fan of Facebook. I have it because I have to secure my name. But if you really want to get in contact with me, just slide into my DMs at the Lucy Lopez. And I reply to everyone, unless you're weird. And then somebody else replies for me. But I do all my own social media, all the skits. Everything you see is me. Very cool. Yeah. 
Lucy, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. It means the world. I am going to put you on the spot and I'm going to ask you to do your thing and do a what? off the top of your head show closing. Send people off however you want. Okay. <laughs> um, what episode number would this be? This is probably going to be, I can make it episode 20. Okay. And that was episode 20 with me, your girl Lucy Lopez from Power 96. This was Miami Creators. Love it. Miami. Awesome. Let go. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Corrado again. Two quick things before you take off. One, remember that you can find detailed show notes for every single episode at miamicreators.com. And two, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share this with someone you think would find it interesting. That's it. Until next time, thank you for listening.